Okay. So we are doing now Tuesday's Chumash of Parshas Akev. And we're in the middle of a uh, piece of rebuke, as of course the beginning of this whole book is, of Moses, of Moshe, to the Jewish people. We are in chapter 9. We are up to verse 4. Do not say in your heart when God pushes them away from before you, meaning the other nations, saying, because of my righteousness, did God bring me to take possession of this land, and because of the weakness of these nations, did God drag them away from before you? So when you go into the land of Israel, and like you conquer it by walking in and them running out, so to speak, don't take credit with your own righteousness and the weakness of the nation. So Rashi says, don't give it two factors. My righteousness and the weakness of the nation is what's enabling us to take possession and the nations we drove it away. As the verse continues, not because of your righteousness and the uprightness of your heart are you coming to take possession of their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations does God, your God, drive them away from before you. And in order to establish the word that God swore to your forefathers to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So what the verse is clarifying is, yes, it is because of their wickedness, but no, it's not because of your righteousness. It's because of their wickedness and because of the promise God made to your forefathers. So in this context, we have the word key in the Hebrew, which normatively is translated as because, but key, as Rashi has explained many times, has four translations. And here Rashi says, I mean, which again, contextually, logically, is the only thing that makes sense, the function here is but. Not because of your righteousness are you coming to take possession, but because of the wickedness of these nations. Next verse. You should know that not because of your righteousness does God, your God, give you this good land to take possession of it. You are stiff-necked people. Remember, do not forget that you provoked God, your God, in the wilderness. From the day you left the land of Egypt until you arrived at this place, you have been rebels against God. And in Chorev, Chorev is where the Jews received the Torah by Mount Sinai, you provoked God, and God became angry with you to destroy you. And I ascended the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, tablets of the covenant that God sealed with you, and I stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Bread I did not eat, and water I did not drink. So now we're going on to another piece of rebuke here, which obviously is going to be the sin of the golden calf, is what we're alluding to here. So, Moshe, Moses here is saying, I stayed on the mountain. The literal translation of the word would be I sat. Rashi clarifies it doesn't mean, it means lingering, staying. Because we know from another verse, Moses clearly said he stood on the mountain. So here he wouldn't be sitting. And God gave me the two stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. And on them were all the words that God spoke with you on the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the congregation. Now, in the Hebrew, tablets is written defectively, meaning it's spelled like the word luchas, one tablet, even though with the vowels, we pronounce it as two tablets. Now, we do know there were two tablets. Why is it spelled as if it was one? So Rashi says to show that the two were so equal, it's as if they were like one meaning they were seemingly of such identical size. The, I mean, there are other various explanations here on what this means. The idea of equal 
maybe another explanation is there were two tablets. There was many more words on the first and the second, if you think of the Ten Commandments. So there's the first five are much longer than the second five. But both tablets were precisely equal weight, which was another miraculous quality of the tablets. And what Rashi is alluding to here is saying they were equal. Continuing, it was at the end of the 40 days and 40 nights, God gave me the two stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant, and God said to me, Arise, descend quickly from here. Your people whom you took out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have strayed quickly from the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a molten image. In other words, this is a sin of the golden calf. God said to me, saying, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Release me, and I shall destroy them, and I shall erase their name from under the heavens. And I shall make you a mightier, more numerous nation than they. In other words, God's plan was, look at this, 40 days later, and they're already committing on a certain level of idolatry. Forget it. Let me get rid of them. And I, I made a promise to their forefathers, Moses, you're their descendant. I'll build a new Jewish people from you, and I'm keeping my promise. So I turned and descended from the mountain, and the mountain was burning in fire. The two chalices of the covenant were in my hand. So obviously, if you remember... When we read these verses in Exodus, when we first went through the story, at that point we had many more details on Moses' interaction with God and begging and pleading God not to destroy the people. Moses like completely skips that part, but he does tell us something that we didn't know from before. Then I saw, and behold, you had sinned to God, your God, you made yourselves a molten calf. You strayed quickly from the way that God commanded you. I grasped the two tablets and threw them from my two hands, and I shattered them before your eyes. Then I fell in prayer before God as the first time, 40 days and 40 nights, bread I do not eat and water I do not drink, because your entire sin that you committed to do that which is evil in the eyes of God to anger him. So he's saying here that he prayed 40 days and 40 nights like the first time, meaning that Moses had first gone up right after the giving of the Torah for 40 days and 40 nights to receive the Torah and to come down with these two tablets to give the Torah to the Jewish people. Well, we're just hearing that at that point, instead of giving the tablets, he shattered them to protect the Jews because Jews would have been found very guilty in the eyes of those tablets. And then after quickly uh, separating the sinners and punishing them through three various different punishment means to cleanse them out from the Jewish people, then Moses goes right back up the mountain. He went up on the 18th of Tammuz. The 17th of Tammuz, he came down and broke the tablets. So we know the 17th of Tammuz was already designated as a very bad day for the Jewish people. It was the day of the breaking of the tablets and many other tra- tragedies later. And then the next day, on the 18th of Tammuz, Moses goes back up. Now he's going up for 40 days and 40 nights. So that trip ended on... 29th of Av, meaning from the 18th of Thomas, we have 11 days left of Thomas, and then we have 29 days in Av to create the second set of 40 days. After that, second set of 40 days, God said to Moses, you know, okay, I'm going to reconcile myself with the Jewish people, carve yourself two more tablets, because obviously the ones I gave you are gone. And then Moses spent another 40 days on that mountain, meaning we've got one more day in Elf, we have 29 days in Elf, that makes 30 days, and then we have 10 in Tishrei. 1 and 29 and 10 is 40. 
So if it ended on the 10th of Tishrei, that's known as Yom Kippur. This was the first Yom Kippur of significance that we know of. And after the sin of the golden calf, and finally, after another 40 days of carving out the tablets and praying to God for the Jews' sake, on that day, finally, God willingly, joyfully was reconciled with the Jewish people. That's when God said those famous words, I forgive them in accordance with your words. And this is what created the Yom Kippur experience. That's why Yom Kippur is established as a day for forgiveness. How do we know that when God was reconciled with the Jews, it was with perfect will? Because it says of the 40 days of these later tablets, I was on the mountain as on the first days. So the first days, you know, with goodwill, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. The Jews hadn't sinned yet. It was pure goodwill. The last ones are compared to the first, which means they also were with goodwill. So looking on to the next verse. For I was terrified of the wrath and blazing anger with which God had been provoked against you to destroy you. God listened to me that time as well. God became very angry with Aaron to destroy him. So I prayed also for Aaron at that time. So Rashi explains the reason why God is angry with Aaron was because he listened to the Jews. In other words, in this passage, Moses is rebuking the Jewish people. So what are we talking about God's anger to Aaron? It's got nothing to do with anything. The Rosh is explaining that the reason why it's mentioned is because the people bore some responsibility for Aaron's sin. Because the people put pressure on Aaron and Aaron was scared that if he fought them, they would kill him. And if they would kill him, it would be such a tremendous offense. God would never forgive them. So they had already killed someone else in this process, his nephew. Poor. So why did Aaron acquiesce to protect the Jews? from all this pressure he was getting from the Jews. So therefore, by this comment, Rashi is alluding, the Jews are part of his sin. A pretty grievous sin, and the Jews are part of it. So here against Aaron, God was thinking to destroy him. The Rashi says to destroy him means annihilation of children. That's the general punishment here. Now it says, I pray for Aaron. And we're talking here about these prayers. These prayers helped halfway. Meaning Aaron had four sons. And through the merit of Moses' prayers, two sons of Aaron's were spared. And two sons were not. Your sin that you committed, the calf, I took and burned it in fire and I pounded it, grinding it well until it was fine as dust. I threw its dust into the brook that descended from the mountain. The Rashi explains that this grammar of grinding, tachon, is the expression of an action that continues through the present. That's the grammatical construct here. So Moses here is explaining what he did as part of the process of the repentance, how he destroyed this God, so to speak, that they created. You have been rebels against God from the day that I knew you. 
pretty strong statement. I fell in prayer before God. The forty days and forty nights that I fell in prayer for God had intended to destroy you. I prayed to God and said, My Lord God, do not destroy your people and your heritage that you redeemed in your greatness. You took it of Egypt with a strong hand. Remember for the sake of your servant, for Abraham, for Isaac, and for Jacob. Do not turn the do not turn to the stubbornness of these people and its wickedness and to its sin. So I'm sorry, I missed this Rashi. Rashi is clarifying here that these 40 days we're talking about is what we were just discussing earlier in verse 18. As it says here, I fell in prayer for the 40 days and these 40 nights means 40 days and 40 nights we already know about because we mentioned it um, about seven verses ago. So why are we talking about this again? Because here we're writing down Moses' prayer which we didn't have before. Okay, so just to conclude this section, let's go back here. Remember, for the sake of your servant, for Abraham, for Isaac, and for Jacob, do not turn to the stubbornness of these people and to its wickedness and to its sin. Lest the land from which you took us out will say, meaning this is the land of Egypt, for the lack of God's ability to bring them to the land in which he spoke to them, because of his hatred of them, he took them out to let them die in the wilderness. Yet they are your people and your heritage whom you took out with your great strength and with your outstretched arm. 